Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms. We too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce, who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hey, it's Sauce. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? How was your week? Today we are going to talk about knowing what you believe and what matters to you, even in the face of differing opinions. And I think that can be so tricky, especially now within the landscape of our world where there are so many differing voices. And it can get kind of intimidating sometimes to speak your own mind. I I guess the reason that this is something I've wanted to talk about is because I'm finding that just in my conversations with friends and such, that it's troublesome. It's difficult to stick to what you are very passionate about or you hold a strong conviction for when there's just a lot of shoutiness out there. I think it's this heaviness that I carry just every time I think about it. And often when we're scrolling and we see things that we're like, oh my gosh, you think that? We're so different in this way. And I think some of those differences are great. And I have learned so much because often you only know what you know. And I have found that I often don't know things that I need to learn. While other times I just feel so crushed, I think, by some opinions that I wasn't expecting. And so what can happen is we can go a little bit more silent, but then we're caught in the conflict of not speaking up for the things that really matter to us. So this episode comes with the question of what really matters to you? And are you ever tempted to keep your opinions to yourself because it's just a little bit nerve-wracking to receive unwanted responses? And sometimes it's prudent not to say something. And it's, it's not to say that you're not saying enough or you're not doing enough or you're not sticking to your beliefs, but it's just to open up the conversation because I think sometimes we can, we can get a little bit conflicted inside within ourselves. Perhaps we have a vision for what could be different, but it can be difficult to say what we want to say sometimes, you know? So today I asked Avi Steiskel to come onto the podcast. And one of the reasons that I thought she would be perfect to speak to this is because everything she does comes from a heart of love. And, you know, there's a chance that we might have slightly different opinions because we have such different perspectives and different experiences. And we've grown up in different communities and we have different pain points. But I I think for me, what I'm trying to learn is to really listen to what other people have to say without becoming so silent that I don't know what I think also. And what you're going to hear from Avi is a bit about her journey to knowing how to speak up for things that she believes in. And she also talks about the challenges of doing that. And also, though, she talks about how vital it is for her to share her experiences and her knowledge and what she has to offer, because then we really can make an impact. And at the root of it is that she wants people to know their value. And she and I, and I'm guessing all of you, just so hope for a world that has more love. And so that is at the heart of this episode. This is Avi's first time on the podcast, but she is someone who's incredibly dear to me, and we've shared many stories and many laughs, and I've known her since she was a teenager, and she's had that same passionate, loving heart ever since the very first day I met her. Avi is a wife and a mom of three. She has 20 years of business management experience and a Bachelor of Science in game design and animation. 
She has always been incredibly talented when it comes to acting and theater and singing. She plays the piano so beautifully. And side note, I've seen her performances when she was a student in high school back a little bit ago. And she is someone who is just very captivating. Avi is a firm director. She works with her husband, Jack, at Kinley and Stysco Lawyers. And she brings an incredibly nuanced perspective from her growing up years as an Iranian-American female in Irvine, California, which is a part of Orange County, which is in Southern California here in the United States. As you listen to Avi today, I would invite you to search and see what you believe, what matters to you. Even in the face of some differing opinions, what is it that really matters to you. And for the record, while we're all naming things, for me, one of the things that matters the most is that I really want people to know, like deep down know their worth and their value, and that we can recognize and honor that in each other. And so any social issues that involve the equity of all people, that really matters to me. So what matters to you And I hope you just enjoy hearing Avi as she shares what matters to her. And just a heads up, this is an adult conversation, and we do bring up some political and social issues. And so just a quick trigger warning, there will be some brief discussions on school shootings and other things like that. Okay, here is the beautiful Avi Steiskel. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Avi Steiskel. Hi. Hi, everybody. And Avi. Oh, I'm, oh my gosh. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was about to say why you're coming and now I just already shot that out because I am so, <laughs> I'm so glad happy you're here. to be here. What a blessing. <laughs> Thank you. I asked Avi to come on this podcast. Well, for a number of reasons. One is just I love when anybody gets to know her because lives are so impacted by the ways that she moves through the world as well as the things she says and just being in relationship with her is like such a gift. Aww, um, I feel so. the same way. <laughs> we love you. Same. Oh my gosh. And one thing that really struck me over the last, I don't even know how many years now, Avi, but your social media posts have really heartened me during some very difficult times. So I asked Avi to come on because she has spoken into some areas that hold great pain for me or hold great concern. And in the world, sometimes it's hard to speak out about the things that you care about or the things that you are passionate about because there can be some pushback or there can be some negative feedback. And I think that can quiet people or that can be scary. And your posts have very often just inspired me or made me feel seen or bolstered my own resolve to try to speak into places that I felt were unjust. And so that is one of the reasons of many that I, you know, was hoping you would come on the pod. Yeah, that's just so moving just to hear that. Because like you said, it's really hard to post some of the things that are really difficult or seemingly negative that are going on in the world. You know, I don't want to bother anybody's happiness or positivity, but at the same time, some of these things I would feel so bad not making the world aware of. I mean, it's not like I have this open page on my social media. I don't have Facebook. I'm on Instagram. But when I see horrible atrocities happening in our country and other countries and people have no idea because we still can't count on the news channels and We get a lot of our truths and also misinformation from social media, but we get a lot of truth too. A lot of people who are Mm -hmm. in those countries, who are on the scene in this country, you know, George Floyd and all the, all the different things that we have been seeing more of and shocking to us because we haven't had social media for that long, if you think about it. Yeah. So it's a fairly new thing. And now, you know, It's not that things are different now and things are more racist now. It's that 
everyone has a phone now. Right. It's that everyone's recording it now. It's that we can see it happening now. It's a good thing because it's addressing and changing a lot of the injustice, but it's also can be a very scary thing because you don't want to get ridiculed for those posts. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want a family member who might be like a very right wing, you know, extremist Republican to see something negative that I've posted about Donald Trump. But at the same time, if it's my truth, if it's not my truth, if it's, if it's just the truth, right? If it's just a fact of what's happening and all these people are denying it, that's something I might be inclined to post. Right, right. And, and not posting or not speaking into places can be complicit to behaviors that you don't agree with in certain ways. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I posted this, this several times and I think I lost a lot of followers over it. But, you know, I don't care. I'm not on there for followers. I have like around 300 people on there. It's I don't have a public page like I mentioned. It's to kind of get the word out to friends, family, maybe alumni from college, alumni from high school that I'm still friends with on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I post things like silence is violence, I really mean that. I really mean it when I see like all these people posting on social media, not just happy honky dory things, but I have seen these particular people like post on other atrocities that have gone on in the country, just whenever they feel like it, you know, every once in a blue moon, they may, they may post on something. But when I see that Iran, for example, there's women, children, men, everybody, it's not just women, life, freedom, right? It's these atrocities and injustices. It could be your child. It could be his child. It could be cousins. It could be our family members. Why does it have to be, oh, I don't know anyone that's Iranian. So I don't care. I'm not going to post on that. It's like, I'm not Lebanese. I post on Lebanon. I'm not black. I post on the injustices that are going on in America. You know, I, I get disheartened when I see that nobody cares about anything that isn't materialistic on social media. And it's like, I see friends of mine who have all these followers, other alumni, other people we've gone to college with, people that, family members of them, of theirs, that might be a little racist, that might have a little backwards way of thinking, you know, and I I look at them and I'm thinking it would make such a difference if you believed in something like this and you posted that silence is violence. If you posted on Iran, not just me, not just the person who is Middle Eastern and are getting directly affected by something like that, but people who don't have Black family members who aren't Black should post about Black people, about minorities. People who aren't Iranian should be posting and spreading awareness about what's going on in Iran every day. Not just me, not just other ethnicities, not just you. Like, I'm not okay with that when it has to do with any culture, because I truly believe that all human beings are connected. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I think in so many ways, we, anybody who has experienced marginalization, and whether that's through race or gender or sexual preference or it really, I mean, disability, I, I, I just financial, so many different ways so many. that people are marginalized. And we sometimes identify with one particular way of marginalization because of our experience, or maybe we don't. But what you're describing is this ability to try to put ourselves into the shoes of someone else and to speak for that, speak into that space. And one thing that I love about you, Avi, is this profound love that you have for people. And I think that is at the root. It's, it's like at the core of why you are able to be passionate about these things, because you really care about people. I really do. I really do. Thank you for saying that. I really, really do. And I think that's why I was so excited to do this podcast with you, because we share that together. Like I feel your love. I feel your energy. I feel your soul. I feel that you want to connect. I feel that you want to make a difference. And so like a magnet, I magnate toward that because it's rare. I don't see that every day in my day-to-day life. Again, we're in a rat race. Everyone's busy, whether they have kids or not. Everyone's racing to do something, you know, racing to get to Costco, racing to get to work, racing to do all these different things that don't really matter in the long run. Like we need to sit down and slow down and say, hey, how do we collectively do things that could change and impact at least the life around us, right? 
because that radiates and that spreads. It does. It's almost like a a positive atom bomb in a way, you know? <laughs> it like yeah. drop that love, you know, drop that love and it goes and oh, it I just wish you radiates. Could see. <laughs> I wish you could see Avi right now. Like it, that was beautiful. Your whole like, oh, you could have seen her the way what the picture she painted with her hands, and that was amazing. No, it was silly, but yeah, no, it, it just was... you know I can get animated about it because I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about the fact that we could all be living our best lives, and so much more of humanity could be disease-free and frolicking in the fields of flowers <laughs> like what you think of when yeah. your dreams right but we're all we're all like brainwashed by this this rat race around us and essentially by 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 managers too right by bosses too by other people who've gotten ahead who are like push 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 work 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 you want to work you want to work and it's like no it's not just about working if that's all you care about you're not going to be able to raise good kids because they we're emulating everything we're doing. True. And so if it's just about the rat race and work, if my kids just saw Jack working all day and just buy and then comes home, buy, you know, like a lot of people, they don't see their kids all day, right? They see them in the morning, they see them at night, and a lot of times not even that. And it's like, what are we doing? That's those are the people who are aren't gonna be kids forever. They're gonna turn into teenagers then young adults, then they're going to start families of their own. And they're going to take what we did with in our households and they're going to emulate that. And they're going to be the same type of mom that they saw growing up. They're going to be the same type of dad that they saw growing up. And they're going to do the same type of things. And so if we want to change things, we have to start thinking about that. We need to realize that everything that we're doing is being watched. And even when someone, even if someone didn't, you know, doesn't have kids, that person is still a idol to a lot of the youth. Yep. And, you know, an example would be our teachers. A lot of our parents aren't able to give their kids the time and the energy and the effort and the attention that they crave at home, let alone teaching them math, let alone going over their homework. I mean, forget about it. These people are trying to survive. Yep. And so why are teachers so important? Because they really end up being the moms and dads of our children at school. And I see it in my kids every day. You know, the kids, not my kids, thank God, but there's kids who are misbehaving on a regular basis at school. And these teachers are giving them love, so much love. And I'm not even talking about teaching them arithmetic or history or politics. I'm just talking about gentle practices with them, love, eye contact, getting down on their knees to the same level of the child's short, you know, smaller, younger, things like that. That makes all the difference in that child's life. So this all connects, you know, I know I'm getting super deep here, but it all connects to mental health too. And I don't want to get too political, but it's really important that we do something to shift um, our education system. In America, we really do. We really need to be compensating our teachers. Our teachers are amazing. I mean, I, I'm in awe of their patience. I'm in awe of their skill. I mean, look at you, Miss Sase. You've touched the lives of so many people that I know personally. And that's and that's from like one or two classes. You know, I graduated from Woodridge High School 2001. My husband graduated in 2000. I have siblings and cousins and so many people I know who went to that same high school. But there's so many generations before me and after me that you've touched that that has changed the world, essentially, because they're using a lot of those things they learned from you, your gentleness, your patience, your love, your forgiveness on things. Some of it's too rigid, right? We want to make a difference. We need to stop the rigidity with the students and give them chances to do better, to make up tests, to research it further, to ask for extra help if there's something going on at home and they're having learning problems. Yeah, you know, I'm an intelligent person, but I didn't necessarily do an amazing job in every single one of my classes because of the way I learn. Right. I don't have I don't have like a learning disability, but 
There are certain teachers where I grasp every single concept, depending on how they were talking, how they were explaining, how they were expressing. And there's other, I had a math teacher in middle school. I couldn't understand what the heck she was talking about. I, it made me feel like an idiot and it messed up my self-confidence when it came to learning. But I was lucky enough to go home. My dad was so nice, so patient. One of the coolest, most down-to-earth guys, right? A lot like Jack, my husband. And he would simplify it for me and give me so much love and give me so much patience. And it completely, I learned algebra on one night because of that. Wow. It makes all the difference. It, it does. To no, be patient with someone, to be calm with someone, to be like, you know what? It's no big deal that you didn't get this. Why don't we try it this way? Why don't we try it that way? I saw this meme one time. It was a cool picture. It was like a cartoon and it was like a fish. It was like a bear drawing. It was like a cat. It was like these different animals. And it was to highlight our education system in America. And it said now... Whoever wants to win this game or, you know, do the best at this or pass the next course or whatever it is, whoever can climb to the top of this tree, right? Whoever can climb to the top of this tree as fast as they can. And it's like, you look at the picture and you're like, but, but there's a fish, right? And there's like a shark, fish and water, you know, entities like that. They don't climb trees, but does that mean that fish is an idiot? That no. fish can't climb a tree, but that fish can do a whole lot, a lot of other things. Why don't we do the next test in the water? Whoever can swim to the buoy the fastest wins, right? Gets an A, whatever it is. And the fish are now like, eh, it's my turn, suckers, <laughs> right? And the fish and the shark and all those entities are like, okay, and they swim. But the tiger's not going to get there. The cat's not going to get there. I saw that meme probably like 15 years ago or something, and it's always stuck in my head because it's like well i'm a fish i can't climb the tree but you know what i'm a better swimmer than all you guys are (laughs) yeah it's like why don't i take this test and you guys can climb the tree (laughs) and you know same with people where someone's really good at math and science someone's really good at art and music but they lack a little in the in the math or in the whatever or right? haven't had the chance. Or haven't had the chance. Yeah. Or, or whether it's they haven't had the chance or they're naturally not as good at it. Mm-hmm. It's we all have a different type of a soul. We all have a different yeah. reason we're here, right? We all have different gifts that we can share with people. Um, I've always been really good at like theater and acting and singing and and piano. I play the piano. You know, I write music. I wasn't amazing at you know, reading music, I'm, I'm okay at it. But I was just like my son, Kellen, he's never had piano lessons. He's nine years old. He hears anything on anything on the radio, TV, any song. He goes on the piano and he figures it out within a minute or two. That's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And that tells me, you know what? Your genes, your soul, you're musically inclined. You're happy when you're around music. You're happy when you're figuring out music. You're happy when you're breaking down chords. You're happy when you're listening to melodies. He beatboxes songs in his head. I mean, it's amazing. And that's just an example of, you know, Kellen's okay and he's good in school also. But that also is a reminder to me to keep that in mind if, you know, they do come across um, obstacles in learning and to explain to my kids, you know what? You're not super strong in this right now, but things change also, you know, and talking to them about stuff like that and making sure that one kid isn't feeling bad for not doing as well in writing or comprehension. And it's like, you know, my kid Shane, and it's like, Shane, you're not really, you know, you don't really want to talk about who, what, when, where, how. You really don't want to do these diagrams about whatever you read about. You just want to read and you want to have fun with it and you want that to come naturally. And I get that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go over it with them, but I'm not going to make them feel bad for not being as strong as like my other kid who is loves writing, do their writing, do their who, what, where's, when's, and how's, do their synopsises or summaries or what have you. Shane's really good at math though, whereas Aaliyah, who I'm talking about, isn't as great at math, but she's amazing at creative writing. So we all have our different strengths and weaknesses. And although 
we can all become a more well-rounded person. And we, yes, we sure, we should all be tapping into math a little more if we can strengthen our math skills or this a little bit more if we could strengthen that. But ultimately, our soul has a purpose and it gravitates toward what we're meant to do. And I truly, I truly believe that, you know, and I truly believe that that could be part of changing the education system is really helping teachers um, see that everybody learns in a different way. And we could really expand on that through how we're training teachers, of course, but no problem with the training of teachers. I, I'm not saying that <laughs> we could do any, anything with that, but we do definitely need to focus more on our education system and um, essentially help children more because it's that teacher that's keeping that kid from going nuts at home. And I see it every day. And both Jack and I growing up in this subdivision of Irvine and, and Woodbridge, we see that all the time with other kids too. We saw it ourselves growing up. You know, my friend Peter didn't have his, he was adopted. He didn't have the same circumstances. His parents weren't home a lot. They were working all the time. He would come over and have dinner with our family all the time. Mm. To the point where Peter was going into the freezer and we're like, what are you doing, Peter? And he's like, I'm looking for dessert. And we would all just laugh and giggle about it and say, you know, you're welcome to come over whenever you want. So we had multiple different kids at our dinner table all the time. Um, And now looking back on it, I'm so grateful that I have the type of parents that would be so generous to do that because it really helped their kids see that you could make such a difference by just opening your heart, opening your home, bringing love into your home and bringing love to the table. Oh my gosh, Ivy. That was a mic drop right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I know we're going to transition into the questions that I ask of guests, but what I want to really reflect, oh, and I just want to say thank you because you just covered so many incredibly important topics and you did so with such clarity and such um, deep thought. Like there's a thoughtfulness to all the things that you just discussed and there have been and and you hit on a lot of different things in a short amount of time which is so powerful and i think i might ask you one question before we go into the questions but let me try to see if i can capture it what i think is so cool is that you you really described what you really embodied the essence of why i wanted to start this podcast and that was so that people could actualize their uniqueness and not be held back by other marginalizations or other judgments or other criticisms and so that they could know love and they could then be free to express themselves. And I think, you know, you started speaking about the marginalizations in this world, whether that's race or, you know, all, um, all, all the different things that we were mentioning earlier. And what it feels like when someone doesn't notice or doesn't see the equity amongst people and what that feels like to be dismissed. Right. And what it does also feel like when someone speaks up for you or when someone speaks up for themselves. And then also seeing that play out in the um, schools and how, how valuable it is when a teacher or a staff member or another peer can see the value of one of the students and appreciate what they're inclined to or what their preferences are, or what their dislikes are, or what their ways that they've been held back, et cetera. And like to bring those people out. And then also your family, noticing the differences amongst your family members was so beautiful and so touching and your openness to what they will become and the space that you give them to be themselves. And the encouragement that I have, I know you to offer. And then on top of it, to umbrella that, it's this idea that we actually can make a difference and oh, <laughs> <laughs> that we can make a difference and that sometimes we can get so caught up in the um, treadmills of life or the chaos or the shoutiness. Sometimes time can go on and we'll realize that we never took stock of what was going on. Yeah, But, you know, you were like, are we loving? Are we noticing? Are we noticing our opportunities? Are we bringing people into our homes so that they can go into, was it Peter who went into the freezer? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, do we make people feel at home just because they are who they are? Yeah, and exactly. So my question is, you know, we have people who listen from the United States. And we also have people who listen all over the world. It's so cool. But, but the common thing is our humanity. And I've heard you talk about that just in our own personal conversations. Yeah. The beauty of humanity. How would you say that you got to the point where you could state what you believe? Because I think some of the ways that we're afraid to make a difference is maybe because back to the beginning of our conversation is because we are afraid to say what we think. But you were able to so beautifully articulate what you believe today. How do you get to that point for anyone who might be hesitant? They know what they believe, but maybe they're afraid to say it. What would you, do you have encouragement for them? I do have encouragement for them. I will first and foremost say that you're you're not wrong in the sense that it it, it can be a very scary environment to host something that isn't funny, isn't super popular, isn't the Kardashians or whatever, you know. Um, no shade on that. We we love yeah. those posts too. But <laughs> yeah, no, we do. But yeah. we're just saying like no shade on any of that. But, you know, the fun posts are great. That's really important for our minds, our positivity and to ultimately make a positive change in the world. But, you know, I'm not going to take away from the fact that it can be a really scary environment, especially for those who haven't done it before. You know, people are afraid they're going to get questioned by family members, by friends. They're yes. afraid that, you know, I've gotten backlash before. Oh, me too. I lost friends. And yeah. Yeah. And I never wanted to lose them. No, me, me either. Because yeah. I can, I can see why other people think the way they do. I can understand why we have extremists that don't have the same beliefs, you know, per se as, as we do. And I can try to be as understanding and compassionate as possible, but at the same time, it's really important that we speak our truth. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think the, 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 this might be cheesy, but the whole, um, saying the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really yeah. good phrase to remember when you want to post something that might be unpopular or post something about atrocities going on in our own country or other countries or whatever it might be. You know, I'm a generally very positive person, so it's very difficult for me to post those things. So Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I make myself because again, positivity is everything and it makes every difference. And maybe don't go on social media before you go to bed. Don't look at the news before you go to bed. Because again, we don't want to take those disasters to sleep with us. And ultimately, we want to be positive people who wake up positive and refreshed, right? But I do think that we need we need to post the truth. And we need to get certain information out there to the masses. Like I'm from Orange County, California, right? And just because of the de- demographic here, it happens to be that most of my friends are Anglo-Saxon Americans who speak mostly English and they're not of any minority. You know, they're the majority. Mm-hmm. It's more important, in my opinion, for them than anybody else in this demographic, in any other demographic in America, to post things that are happening to minorities that are unfair. Yeah, you know, and again, it's really hard to like not get political when we're when you're talking about how to change the world, how to change the country, how to you know, it's really difficult because it's all politics. It's all related. Our teachers and how much they're getting paid, politics gun control, politics, abortions, and a woman's right to choose because it's our own bodies, hello, politics. All of it's politics. We can't really make a huge difference without the politicians being on the same page and doing something. And they're not going to if the masses are at each other's throats and they're not getting along and everyone's fighting and they're, it's divide and conquer. It's like, no, we need to become one collective ball of light and love and then everything around us will change everything will become that but to answer your question and sorry it's such a i'm so long-winded with this but it's kind of a long answer you know it takes a lot of courage to be able to post something like that and i think that's why 90 percent of the people on my social media page don't post anything like that 
it's not a coming from a judgmental place for me. It's coming from a place of if we can't collectively get to a place where more people care about the injustices, then it's all going to snowball, right? And we're not going to get out of these crises. We're not going to get out of having school shootings every day in America, mall shootings, concert shootings. I shouldn't know people whose kids have died in shootings. I know like three different people who probably more, not all of them whose kids have died, but who have been gravely affected by a shooting. No, people who listen to this podcast will have known victims too. Oh God, I'm so sorry to all of you. I'm so like, sorry doesn't cut it. No, no. It doesn't cut it. Like from the bottom of my heart, I'm telling you this. I'm, I'm moved by what's going on. And, you know, I'm scared. Even if I didn't have kids, I'd be, I'd be scared. And now this is connected to illness. You know, we're all scared and fearful of these things. And it's connected to why so many Americans have ulcers and digestive disorders and all these health things going on and their mystery illnesses. When you go to the doctor, Oh, autoimmune disease. It means that your body's attacking itself. Your body doesn't just attack itself out of nowhere. It's your body in crisis mode because of all of the negativity in the news, because of all this negative things happening. And I understand those people. You know, I've slowed down my negative posts. I've slowed down posting about injustices because it was making me ill personally. Right. And that makes me feel, that makes me, you know, I have a confused emotion when it comes to that because I feel like I was making some sort of a difference on my end by posting stuff like that every once in a while, but it was hurting me. And now I, you know, when you're getting sick and you're getting ulcers and now you're not able to go out into the world and make changes, it's like, what good does that do? So overall, my answer to that is if we could, if we could post those things in a balanced way yes, so that we're not giving ourselves a dis-ease, right? Our body's not in a state of ease anymore. It's in a state of fear. And that's what dis-ease disease is that's what it is yeah that's why i got so sick in 2020 i had fear in the pit of my gut because i couldn't stomach the fact that people were hurting each other this much but it was a big wake-up call for me 2020 because it made me feel like we're in an environment where people aren't getting along where we're at each other's throats over race over everything everything and it's like it really changed, I think my, I think it changed my biology, busy, you know, physically speaking, because it was, it was something that I had a hard time stomaching, which yeah. caused stomach issues. So it's all connected. It really is. It really is. It really, it really is. is. And, yeah. and, you know, I got a lot of pushback from people when I was, and maybe I was too abrupt or curt in the way I was posting or whatever it was, but it's because I have such a passion in my heart for love. And that's yeah. that's all it is. That's the most simple way I could put it is that I have such a passion for love and understanding and understanding each other and just the word compassion in general. What does that mean, having empathy? To try to understand someone else's position, try to understand someone else's culture. Why aren't we learning from one another? Why are we putting each other down? Someone posts something and you're offended by it, why don't we ask questions politely? You know, why don't we resp- why don't we say, "Hey, I'm really sorry. Is there any way you can help me understand this? Is there another link you might have? Is there articles I can go look forward to?" Yes. You know, why don't we expand our minds and and learn from one another? I learned something from Republicans. I'm not a Republican. I learned things from liberals and I'm, you know, I'm pretty liberal, but I don't I don't agree with every single thing and and any of those cat- political categories. No, that's the thing. I think when I, you know, when I post things, I also know that I don't know everything. Right. And when I read other people's posts, I realize like, oh my gosh, I can be part of the problem because right. I didn't realize this. And so I always do appreciate that too. And I think that's one thing that I've always really appreciated about you. One of a million things, honestly but it's just your open-heartedness and your ability to self-evaluate and also your um, 
the love. I mean, that just really where it comes back to every time is just how much you truly love in the truest sense. And so thank you. I know we're going to transition to the questions, but thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this platform and for bringing people on to share their ideas about how to change the world, because ultimately that's why we're here. Yeah, it's up to us. Yeah, really. Yes. Yes. In our hands. People don't realize you can reach out and grab what you want. Sure. It's not that easy, but it is there. Yeah, it is there. And you don't like something. It might be harder for certain people in certain circumstances, but it's not impossible. And that's what's amazing is that you can have it. You can have you can have what you want. You can change things. Yes. And and even one act of love is yeah. a profound has a profound impact on someone's life and the ripple effect like you were speaking of earlier. hundred percent. So okay. Well for the questions for our guests, what is one of your favorite quotes? And why? One of my favorite quotes is by Rumi. The wound is the place where the light hits you. And that's very meaningful to me because I feel like it's a message when we get ill. It's a Mm -hmm. message from the universe that we have a stuck energy of some sort and that we need to work on that and strengthen that area in our life in order to to change in order to become a better person in order to be where we need to be for our life path. Cause I truly believe that everybody has a purpose, right? Yes. And why am I saying that's my favorite quote? Well, in 2020, you know, I got, I got really sick. I was fearful from COVID and my kids and getting it and this and that finances, a whole bunch of different things that came into play. And you know, when I was going through the most difficult pain and being in and out of the hospital, there were moments where it's like, God, there wasn't even a warning for this. Like, why me? I'm missing out on everything. And they don't have answers on a cure. But instead of thinking, why is this happening to me? I came across this quote and I looked deeper into it and it helped me on my spiritual journey. And so maybe that's why I got ill because I needed to get back to source, to connecting with, with the universe, right? And I truly believe that as soon as I figured that out and started to work on my own mental health by meditating and thinking positive thoughts about the world, because I was living in fear, essentially, and that's what made me sick. So that's why that's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was very profound. Thanks, Rumi. (laughs) I know. Don't we love Rumi? Oh, my God. Love Rumi. For those who don't know, I don't know if you wanted to explain to the listeners, but Rumi is a a Persian poet from centuries ago Mm -hmm. who's made a profound difference on the world that he was living in and for thousands of years has made a difference because we still quote Rumi to this day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. He's definitely made a giant impact on my life continually. There's so many. Yeah. Same. Um, Okay. Avi, what's a favorite childhood memory? I've got to say I have a huge heart for family and family has always been at the forefront of everything for me. So any trip that we went on as a family really sticks out in my memories. So I don't know if it was just one single memory, but I really enjoyed ski trips with my Uh family. Um, Growing up, we'd go to Big Bear and we'd go to Mammoth. And I really can't say enough good things about how amazing and 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 life-changing those trips were for me because we really got to bond on a different level with our family members. My brothers and I were bonding, you know. I have memories, distinct memories of my brother going, oh, don't be scared, you know, have no fear, your brother's here, and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so the things like that, even though I was only six or whatever, stick out in my mind because it made me feel safe, Ooh. ultimately. Yes, isn't it interesting that as a six-year-old, you remember those things. Mm-hmm. So they stay with you. So it does show, mm-hmm. or what do you think it showed you at six that was so profound that you would remember that moment forever? Um, because I believed him. Oh. Because when he was said, with a smile, have no fear, your brother's here. I took that to heart. And I thought, 
you never have to be afraid because not only are your parents here, but you also have brothers who care about you, who care about your well-being, who want the best for you. And of course, that's very profound to a six-year-old because it's everything. That safety is everything. That support is everything. It goes back to my head thinking about the less fortunate children who don't have that because it's such a rat race here, which connects back, circles back around to how important our teachers are in our education system. It's so profound to think that in this conversation, these themes keep rising up. Love, mm-hmm. fear. And, and I think, you know, what you were saying was so profound for a six-year-old is profound for a 96-year-old as we continue to need to know yeah. our safety yeah. and to feel love and purpose yeah. and that we can make a difference. And also that someone can hold us when we're vulnerable or going through a hard time. And Exactly. Thank, thank you for the ways that you show up in all of our lives, Avi. I oh, can't thank course. you enough for being here today. I, I, I can't believe I'm being thanked so much because honestly, in my heart, I'm thinking, I'm thinking you're going to sound like an idiot if you go off about how amazing Ms. Sase is because <laughs> I just love you so much. And I, you know, I know it's I, in my heart, I, on my end, I'm going, if every, the listeners can get a visual on this, I'm going, <laughs> we're not worthy. No, we're not no. worthy like to Miss Sase's feet here because she's amazing. She's making such a difference in the world. If you guys only knew the handful of people I know that she's made a difference in their lives, that doesn't even begin to hold a candle to the hundreds, maybe in the thousands of students that she's touched just during the time that I was going to the high school where she was teaching. And for a teacher to still be in contact with her former students, I wasn't even directly a former student of yours. (laughs) That's how amazing you are. Just walking through the halls, giving me love, giving me attention, noticing me, you know, shout out to me and I'm not even your, your student. That's changing my world. That's making a huge difference in my heart. Because what did I see, you know, as a 15 year old freshman? I'm like, oh, you know, it, let's say I wasn't getting that kind of love at home. I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm not even her student. And she genuinely genuinely cares about me, how my day was, where I went to lunch, what I had for lunch, you know, what, what I can bring to the table to share with her. Maybe I bust out with a joke and you laugh and that made my whole week and month, you know, maybe no one, no, some kids trying to be funny. No one thinks he's funny at home and people are yelling at him. They come across Miss Sase and she's like, Hey, Howard, how are you doing? What's up? Oh yeah, well I care. Come show me. That made all the difference for me and for other students. Now imagine if she, she was actually the teacher for these students. Imagine what difference that it has made. Again, didn't even directly have her teaching me, and it's made this much of a difference. So, listeners, <laughs> you are so lucky that you're a part of this this podcast because. What Sauce is doing is imagining a better world for all of us, and it all has to do with love. And that's why anytime I'm invited to share any of my thoughts, count me in because this is right. This is right where my passion is, you know, is love. Oh, Avi. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't make you cry. Oh, my gosh. I, well, I can't wait to have you back for sure. Yes, I can't wait to come back. And also, like, I just want to say to end this podcast is that, you know, I, I feel overwhelmed really to receive those words. They're, they're too generous, honestly. And I, not generous I, enough. <laughs> Again, I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So I was curbing, <laughs> going, she's the most amazing, but, you know, like going, oh my God. <laughs> but from my, like, my point of view was the flip side to that coin. And to have a 15 year old or, 14, 18, 17, whatever, share their lives with me was the biggest gift. And you were always caring and always funny and always so like multi-nuanced in the things that you were talking about from when you were a kid. And, you know, to, to be a teacher is such a privilege. I'm the one who is lucky enough to spend, like lucky and blessed enough to spend those years, those very special years with kids 
and that they would open their lives up to me and stay in touch with me. Like that's the, that's the incredible thing. Mm -hmm. That's like the gift. I for sure was the one who received. And I, I just think, you know, everything that you've shared today, I can only thank you. You've touched my life so deeply and thank you for what you brought the listeners. And what is it that you most care about? What are the ways that you might want to change the world? And also, what, in what ways are you already changing lives? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is just so loving and, and kind. And I appreciate your words so much. One of the ways I try to change the world is just by being positive. And that's like if we're taking kids out of the equation. But to be honest, there are three children I did give life to through the grace of God or source or the universe or whatever we believe in and trying to be as loving as possible with them and trying to raise kids who are loving and lead with their heart and are empathetic toward other people and understanding toward other people. And some of these lessons that are very, you know, surrounded by love, yes, I think will definitely change the world because children turn into teenagers and then young adults and then adults and start families of their own. And so their choices are going to be really important in how it's shaping the future. And hopefully what they've learned at home through their parents and aunts and uncles and other family members and just other really good people who have really amazing intentions for everybody and for everything, I think will make all the difference in the world in the future. Oh, what a beautiful way to end this episode. Oh, I love that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Well, to everyone listening, we really want to thank you for being with us today and joining in this conversation. And Avi, if someone wants to connect with you, how can they find you? Um, They can find me. You can email me. Um, My email address is avistyskull at gmail.com. That's A like Apple, V like Victor, I like Igloo, last name Stiskel, S like Sam, T like Tom, Y, S like Sam, K like Kite, A like Apple, L like Larry, at gmail.com. Or you can find me through social media on Instagram under just my name, Avi Stiskel, or you can find me under Mrs. underscore Stiskel. But that's the only social media platform I have. So you can email me, you can contact me on Instagram. Perfect. I'll also put those in the show notes so people can access that readily. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram also at Lori Sase, L-O-R-I-S-A-S-E, or my website, laurisase.com. So Avi, thank you from the very bottom of my heart. And thank you too, to everyone who's listening. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And remember, you always have the power for positive change. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.